Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, Sue Rose Minahan. Talk Cosmos, December 29th, 2018, and we are heading towards the new year. Yes, it's been a long season for many of us in many ways, and the sun is beginning in its northern hemisphere here, returning on a very minor level. Seattle rained all day, but we needed it. But nonetheless, the light is coming. Our theme is still the archetype archetype, <laughs> archetype of Capricorn, and Saturn is that ruler, that influencing planet, the outer limits of what's commonly visible to the naked eye in the skies throughout history. It has a long, long legacy, and it is in many relationships time-oriented, although that when you really go back to the, the mythology of it, that has been an, another feature because without going to huge detail, I've noticed that there's Cronus, which we think of as time, C-H-R-O-N-O-S, and then there's Cronus, if I'm saying it right, with N-U-S. And there is some distinction, but the point is, is that incorporated throughout time, well, here I'm using that word again, but that... Um, time becomes important. And I'm bringing it up because the sea goat is the symbol, the constellation symbol that is representing Capricorn. And the sea goat, I wondered and Googled how it came about. And it really was, a, 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 it also has the ability to manipulate time. And the legend is that it begins with the fact that the sea, uh, Cronus developed or brought up into these, these, the sea goat. How, I'm not exactly sure if that was a mother, a father. We won't go there at this moment. But the fact is, is that because the sea goat has the tail of a dolphin or a fish and the top part of a goat with the hoofs. So it's really a mammal and a fish. Well, when you think about earth, we are land with water. So it makes a lot of sense in the just thinking in many ways that many times Ouroboros, which is that's O-U-B-O-R-O-U-S, I believe, and it's a very ancient, ancient symbol of the serpent swallowing its own tail, and it's this endless system of cycles, and it's the, the sky with the universe and, and water. And here I'm, I'm relating and jumping a little, but the, the water and land is so basic to nature on Earth as humans, right? So therefore, we have the sea goat, well, the sea goat, as a legend goes, and this is according to godsandmonsters.com, just to, if everybody wants to Google it themselves, and 
The sea goat had Precus had many children, but the sea goats were drawn to the shore. And they stayed there. They could pull themselves up onto the land, and they'd stay there and lay in the sun. But the longer they stayed there, the more they evolved and lost their tails and became regular goats and therefore also lost their ability to talk and think, such as the sea goat could do. Now, the sea goat, you might realize, involves the water, which represents feelings and the uh, emotional parts of, of nature and because everything has its repre- metaphor. And the goat with the thinking and talking would be of the air orientation. So it was this merging of it. But they lost that ability to be able to think and speak. And so pre, and you spell that, P-R-I-C-U-S, the sea goat, decided to turn back time, much like Saturn, which with my guest today we will talk about. But in doing so, he wanted to be able to teach his children, hey, if you go on to the land, you're going to lose everything and you won't be able to talk to in full capacity as, as far as the gods, you know, with, with both natures of spirit and matter, you might think. But nonetheless, you know, experience wants to have experience. And, of course, the little sea goats would go to land and, and become goats <laughs> and, and leave the father, Precus. Well, finally, Precus resolved himself to the loneliness of being alone, which is so interesting, too, because there is a melancholy, melancholy humor with Saturn. It is of limitations. There is a point being that planet, the furthest that's visible eye, has a boundary. And boundaries in the 10th house, which is part of this archetype, is, is extremely important of the structure, the limits. And so the point is, too, that time, it didn't work to manifest or force time onto anybody. In, in a sense, this is very symbolic, rep- metaphor a metaphor of it, that, that the seagulls had to learn themselves, and ethics, actually. It all relates, too, back to Saturn. Well, we will continue in many ways. Today, my guest is Wendy Wyrot. That's W-Y-W-R-O-T, a Seattle astrologer who studies many capacities, traditional, shamanic, spiritual. She consults internationally, teaches, and travels to sacred world sites, she studies many of the energetic realms, such as Kabbalah, Hermetic philosophy, ancient history, and mythologies, which I'm really glad to share at time because mythology to me, too, means a great deal. It is that ancient sense of how do we define our experiences here in such a way that we can relate these patterns of 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 of, of knowledge, a feeling that really leap beyond the, the linear mind into the experiential, mystical senses. Wendy is a counselor, healer and counselor, feng shui, reiki, ordained minister, certified spiritual healer, ancestral healer, elemental face reading, hip no therapy. I hope we can cover some of these things. It's just an extraordinary 
realm of tremendous interest. And, so I'm, and custom flower bend, blends. Wendy has spoken on a few other talks with me. So if you go into the archives at Talk Cosmos, you can find that through KKNW 1150. We always keep a wide, well, all of our talks we have. So tonight I'm going to say hi, Wendy. Thank you. Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's a great pleasure again. So Saturn mythology, fear and mastery is generally that wide topic that we chose or I chose for tonight. And with Saturn, um, we both are familiar. And I'd be glad to, if you want to begin by explaining about the dynasty, we might think of how Saturn, his, his mythology. Yes, um, it's so interesting, and I have been puzzling about it because um, in Greek mythology, there was an ancient golden age. And in the golden age, Saturn was king. And during the golden age, there was absolute prosperity. Everyone had enough to eat. Everyone was happy, but everyone was being responsible and fulfilling their roles. And I think that's why it was a golden age. Um, and responsibility is such a huge part of the Saturn archetype and the Capricorn archetype. This is a wonderful way to begin. It is absolutely true because I was reading, too, that, it, it, that Saturn was the god of agriculture. And it's this mm -hmm. sowing. S-O-W-I-N-G, mm -hmm. this reaping, this benefit. And, of course, in some ways, too, I think there's three faces of Saturn, which then reminded me of the, of the dimensions of the crone, which will be later with Ray Sapp. We're going to talk about that, but which uh, tonight, too. But you're so right. This, when, when I guess, the order, it, when it works, when it's, when there's authority and people, as you say, with responsibility for their own responsibility mm -hmm. to the group, because it's a social, mm -hmm. it functions. Yeah, every part, everybody participated, and um, the harvests mm -hmm. were always good, which relates back to Saturn being an agricultural god, and everyone being responsible, which relates to Saturn, who really wants all of us to be responsible and to achieve mastery over... Um, whatever it field we choose to um, grow as and become yeah. a happier, healthier person by challenging ourselves to learn and practice something and achieve mastery. Well, it is that inner authority that we are able to become that experienced master. That's so true. So as, as it holds that boundary, well, I, as, as the mythology itself, Saturn course, was the son of Uranus, because Uranus is an exterior or external or further out mm -hmm. planet. Like the starry night, the vast starry night. Is that how you would think of Uranus? Well, it has been said that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, the sky, the great, mm -hmm. it, it envelops. So, and Saturn was a titan, which meaning that there were, there was a lineage almost of, of of the gods, of ancient worlds, of their thinking pattern. And the children that, that Saturn had, which were numerous, because there's, 
there's many uh, fractions of energy that get split off, and so there were many fractions. But somehow he, it's been said both ways, that either he didn't, there was a legacy that one of them was going to... Supplant him. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so in that fear, he wanted to control. But then there was also this thought that he wanted to protect his children. So he had, he swallowed, or he had Gaia, Mother Earth, uh, stuffed them into Mother Earth and protect, hid them or protected them there. So it's a little bit both ways, which was actually, I've not quite fully interpreted. Have you... And isn't that how life is? Like, there's always two sides to the story, or more than two, maybe. Um, yeah, some say that he swallowed his children because he there was a prophecy that someone would would uh, kill him and become king. And um, his wife was Rhea, also known as Chibeli, and um, she got tired of him swallowing her children. So when Zeus was born, she wrapped a stone in the baby clothes and she hid Zeus in a cave with the goddess Amalthea, who was a goat. And Amalthea nurtured him, and she also had the horn of plenty. And um, so uh, Saturn swallowed a stone, thinking it was Jupiter. Which is interesting, too, because the stone, in a, in a sense, is earth, and it's, it's, it's really that whole energy of the finite time but the fact is, is that as life evolves, of course, there's there's cycles and there's seasons. And the, in some sense, whether there's the m- moment of human-made time or the natural cycle of times, in order to connect, there would have to be time. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. Of course, they would have to have time. And Zeus is, as we realize, is was the Greek name for Jupiter. Oh, right. Sorry yeah. about no, that. No, 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 that's good. I know. We, it goes back and forth. It's yes. Like, yeah. And, you know, interesting, too, that Jupiter, as a baby, had, uh, because Jupiter is the king of the sky, uh, not of the sky, of the heavens, I guess. And the king of the gods in Greek and myth, uh, in Roman mythology, yes. Yeah. And the expansive religion. Oh, philosophies and all, but it took time to culture that. It wasn't immediate. Right. He was a baby, and he had to grow up, and he was raised by the goat goddess and some nymphs. And and then when he got big enough, then he challenged Saturn. But before that, he was hidden on an island in a cave and protected and nurtured till he could grow strong. So in a way, when you think about it, too, the island would be surrounded by water. Mm-hmm. It would be like the goat that had to go through the water to get to the land. Yes. You know, the whole metamorphosis of all of that. And and I understand, too, that the horn was the cornucopia later. Mm-hmm. What confuses me, though, is why did it have one horn? Don't, don't, I don't goats know. Goats have Maybe horns? she kept the other horn. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's these <laughs> messages, if people know. And we will have conversation if people want to call. It's 888 or, better yet, the local number, from what I understand, is 425-373-5527. So if you have information or you want to ask a question of Wendy and myself, please do. At the half hour, we'll have calls, if you so choose. Yes, and so really this idea of manipulating time, again, is the theme for our protection of fear. And I suppose it's because 
you know, looking at it on a broad scale, the Capricorn versus the Cancer archetype of the opposite. Mm-hmm. One is time that's ready now, which is Capricorn do, whereas Cancer is the evol- of the personal processing of time. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, and it seems like um, there's a um, dichotomy or balance between Cancer, which is the energy of the home. And maybe the ancestral uh, legacy and childhood feelings, and then that's um, in in horoscope charts that's opposed to the tenth house, which is ruled by normally Capricorn, which yes. which is um, going out to work and accomplish and master some some uh, some special skill or field. So ultimately. I know that Saturn needed to regurgitate all the children. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow, how did Zeus, Jupiter, uh, get him to throw them all up again and 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 relive? I mean, so that uh, mm-hmm. regenerate these children. Mm-hmm. I think what happened is um, once Jupiter was grown up enough. He communicated with Rhea, and she gave some kind of a poison or something that would make Saturn oh, yes. throw up. Yes, yes. And that's when that's when he threw all the children up, and they hopped out of his tummy, and they were grown up all the way. And really, I guess life is like this. We can put something aside, our fears, but really, essentially, Saturn was not regulated to the underworld such as originally. He managed to return. So it really, in a new way of a new revered um, deity in a lot of ways. So actually this was a matter of all of their masteries. And, and, and often he's seen with this sickle or the Sith mm-hmm. because of the um, uh, not cutting time like I thought, but really sowing like Mm s-o-w-i-n-g of the agriculture yes and harvesting harvesting and and so that's why he's associated with death because the grim reaper also carries a scythe and harvests souls but um i think what some people would um mystical philosophers would say is that when you you die this life you're being born into the other world you're being born into the spiritual realm so it's not as scary and bad as it needs to be. And I would love to mention a, a brief quote. Um, I would love to mention the fact that um, in ancient times, in traditional astrology, Saturn was called the Great Malefic, and he was balanced by Jupiter, who was called the Great Benefic. And so in ancient times, sometimes people were fearful about Saturn transits or, you know, put a real negative spin on it. But I've been looking at Liz Green's book, Saturn, A New Look at an Old Devil, and she has this great quote that I'd love to read because um, Saturn is not only a malefic, he brings us... um, Absolutely. Yeah, he brings good things in a hard way. We have to work hard for them. You reap what you sow. Exactly. And ethics. It really has a lot... Taking that responsibility. Absolutely. Keeping the boundaries, knowing the, the structure, building the goals. Yes, exactly. Okay, so this is a quote from Alice Bailey in Esoteric Astrology. And um, when the disciples 
know Saturn as the god who offers opportunity and does not only feel him to be deity who brings disaster. Then he is on the path of discipleship in truth and in deed, and not just theoretically. Practice, yes, experience, Mm -hmm. knowledge, that wisdom. The wisdom. Yes, wisdom. Very big, very Mm -hmm. big. And I've been reading this book called Holy Daemon, and it's about how to connect with your higher self in an intense, extreme, blessed Mm -hmm. way. Um, it has a lot of philosophy in the book. It's a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. And in that book, you do a lot of Saturnian things to purify yourself and refine yourself so that you can get rid of old unhealthy habits or old ways of being so that when you communicate with your holy daemon, which is like your higher self or your guardian angel, your holy guardian angel, Yes. then you have room. You have room because you've let go of some old habits. So you have room in your life and space to receive the blessings from the, the higher self, which really is yourself if you think about it, but we don't always realize it and we're not always able to feel it fully. Yes, and that's D-A-I-M-O-N. Yes. Yes. Thank you. The daemon. It is an old, wonderful uh, word that really embodies a great source of our core. I yes. know James Hillman wrote the soul, uh, Soul's Code, oh. and he too brings that out. So what was the name of the book again? It's called The Holy Daemon, D-A-I-M-O-N, by Freiter Acher, who is a German um, philosopher and magical practitioner and um, spiritual explorer. You know, fear and anxiety, there are, right now, I just noticed even online different workshops and whatnot. It's the new year and people, it is part of the archetype of Capricorn, perhaps a fear because of uh, knowing that your time is up at one moment, or are you ready at one moment, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just looking at at the mythology of it. So, and as you're mentioning here, too, so many ways to, to uh, strengthen or to, to clear the clutter, to, to get to the, the, the core of, of, of what needs to be restructured. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, remember that when we're feeling fear or anxiety, it, it's really our inner child that's frightened, so we can turn inward and reassure our inner child. We all have sad things or stressful things that happened when we were babies or even in utero. But um, as adults, we can reparent that inner child and help reassure them. So you can take a couple deep breaths and you can say, I'm, um, I love you, say your name, and um, I'm sorry you're feeling frightened. I understand. I love you. And breathe with it and allow a little space and the fear will flow through you rather than being repressed or jammed up. That's what I've been reading is by, you could say tackle, but address. And, he, and in dreams often, mm-hmm. you have whatever is scarier, the idea is to be able to say, who are you? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and, and because in reading, for instance, Carly Hamilton Jones has a, a workshop that she, Happened, I happened to notice through um, online. And it was also the same idea of, of 
well, perhaps confronting, but acknowledging mm-hmm. rather than stepping away because it seems to dissolve. Mm-hmm. And instead of just going with the fear, just by working with it, then you have a a goal. You have something that you can do. It, it's yes. Like, instead of that free-floating anxiety, which is, you know, often constantly in the back of people's minds, they can, you can, t- you can just take a few moments and breathe with it and address it gently, you know, acknowledge it and validate it, and then it, w- it will let go of you. Well, there's something that then therefore you're able to see because essentially fear wants to separate us. It wants mm-hmm. to distinguish that. And there's a reason for fear. One isn't saying that it hasn't a purpose or that our ego that wants to defend us and protect us and keep us alive and all these Mm-hmm. necessary factors but yet if by just reconnecting by leaning into the fear that's what she was saying mm, i love that yes isn't it mm-hmm. yeah. and, and noticing the body because the body's our friend it wants to tell us something exactly feel where in your body you feel the fear and breathe with that and you can identify the feeling like does it feel heavy or prickly or foggy, or soft, or sharp, or hot, or cold. Ooh. And as you place words to identify the, the feeling in your body, it helps you to process it through. Oh, that's lovely. Well, we'll have to talk again. We're going to have a brief announcement. You're listening to Talk Cosmos, Sue Rose Minahan with Wendy Wyrot, and we're talking about Capricorn, Saturn mythology, fear and mastery. So call, if you'd like, 425 373 Five five two seven. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery. Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan. You'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction. Sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul path's birth essence, including a recording and a copy of your chart. Schedule by emailing info at talkcosmos.com. That's info at talkcosmos.com. Welcome. This is Bear River, Usui Reiki Master and the Astrologer of Psyche and Soul Astrology. You're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi again, Sue Roseman Ham, Talk Cosmos. 
December 29th with Wendy Rywatt from Seattle. So, Wendy, we were talking about the physical sensations. And just to explore that, because there's remedies and then there's with your travels. I know I'm throwing out a potpourri of, of things. I'm so curious. But I love this idea that, that by, because a person can sit there and think, well, if you're leaning into your fears, the point is, is that then it's may as well, like, what's the next step? It's like, well, where is it? What is it? Is it a salty sea or is it a jagged mountain? <laughs> yeah, feeling the fear in your body, like we talked about, and breathing with it and processing it, identifying a coolness or a warmth or sharpness or softness or hardness or prickly or soft or, you know, all of that. It just helps the energy that's in your body to process out. So absolutely. And other tools, well, I'm going to ask, Chinese face reading. Now, is there something that relates with how we might, either in working with other people or ourselves, understand Yes, and it relates to the topic of Saturn as well. So um, I study with a wonderful, brilliant, brilliant woman named Lillian Bridges. She's known internationally. She's considered the absolute authority on Chinese five-element face reading. And we're so lucky she lives right here in Bellevue. Um, And um, when you think about face reading, when I do face reading, I can can read the uh, balance of elements in a person's constitution. I can also read their emotions. Um, and uh, since Saturn is structure and Saturn relates to the bones and the skin, so I think face reading is very relevant to the topic of Saturn because when I uh, do an astrology reading, I bring face reading into it. So for example, one woman I know, she had a really strong widow's peak and that is a, a indicative of a very lunar and watery energy, strong water element. So I said, and she also had water in her astrology chart. Imagine that. So I said to her, do you like to swim? I think swimming would be really good for you. This is a woman who's a workaholic and probably works 60 hours a week and three different jobs and um, had a few little health hiccups lately that scared her into uh, kind of reevaluating and should she take it a little more easy and I said, yes, absolutely, you need to take it more easy. And also, I'd love it if you could go swimming. She goes, oh, my gosh, I loved swimming when I was a kid and a teenager. It brought me so much happiness and joy. And a big part about what Lillian Bridges teach is that we need to go, you know, think back to our childhood and our teen years and what brought us joy and try to start doing those things again because it strengthens us. You know, you may think, you know, Protestant work ethic. I mean, not Protestant, Puritan work ethic that um, our country was founded on where, oh, we have to work really, really hard and we can't have fun. And so there may be a little guilt when we allow ourselves to have fun, but doing the things that really... Indulging. Exactly. We we call it indulging, but what it's actually doing is feeding our soul and it brings the shen into our body. Whatever lights you up, that's what shen is. It's the joy in your heart and it's what lights your eyes up. Mm. And so your birthright. Yes, it's your birthright. And it's a lot to do with who you are and your physical constitution and your elements. So if you can do the things that bring joy, it will strengthen you. It will help you to live longer because it'll bring so much more energy. It'll bring your spirit into your body. Well, that's so, like a good structure. 
Yes, just exactly. At, of a Capricorn word. Exactly. And a good ambition. Absolutely. You know, which is another one. Mm-hmm. And for our own authority of our own, um, yes. Yeah, creating our own inner authority to allow ourselves to take good care of ourselves, which I guess would be the cancer side of the cancer Capricorn. Is that axis? Yeah, the axis. A-X-I-S for yes. people. Yeah. Exactly, because cancer is all about nurturing, and I have three planets in cancer, so yeah. I'm kind of a nagging at people to nurture type person, <laughs> nurture themselves. Well, that, <laughs> Gently that, nagging. <laughs> yeah, well, that's in tongue-in-cheek. Yes, right, exactly. exactly. It's just uh, remind, yes, exactly, it's good. It's good. Well, I'm so glad I brought that up because it's hard always to know with the different energies how it relates. But when one thinks about it, it is many, well, there are many, many tools in order to to utilize. And utilize is a big Capricornian Absolutely. word also. Mm-hmm. It's like all those children had purposes in the world, you know, mm-hmm. that, that Saturn had and well, looking at the universe as one whole cohesive energy that was fragmented by whatever we want to think, however, whether it was a burst or a bang or a however, but that energy never gets destroyed and it has all these functions and purposes and manifestations. Mm-hmm, so, absolutely. As far as your travels, I know that you took a trip recently in the last year. But is there with, did you go to mythology sites or did you, I'm not sure how to ask or wondering. Mm -hmm. Well, um, my most recent trip was to Italy and I visited the um, churches of the Black Madonna in southern Italy. Um, But these churches are built on ancient sites sacred to the goddess Cibele, Demeter, Persephone, Diana, um, Rhea, um, Artemis, Athena, so um, these bla- these beautiful, beautiful Madonnas who sometimes they're Byzantine icons and they have dark skin and they're called Black Madonna because they look Greek. Sometimes they're made of wood and they have dark wood for their face and their hands. And these um, Madonnas are very, very powerful, um, loving energies that are extremely ancient. So the ancient um, energies of Cibele and Artemis have come through and are um, now manifesting through these Madonnas. And they, you go to these as a pilgrim with the purpose of attaining healing. Now, Madonnas must mean a more general term of the feminine, yes? It means Mother Mary holding the baby Jesus on her lap, So, which is a reflection of the very ancient goddess Isis holding the baby Horus on her lap. Yeah, and Isis, of course, goes back to, I think, the Sumerian. Egyptian, yeah. E- Egyptian, yes, mm-hmm. of, of, of many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, of the many goddesses you mentioned, I'm not sure of whom of others that would be aware of it, because some of them represent moons, some represent underworld, like Persephone, mm-hmm. some are Venus, yeah, exactly. some are the hunter, you know, many different arc. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, uh, different uh, v- uh, viewpoints, of different lunar and feminine um, aspects. Yeah. So yes. of the Capricorn, uh, have you traveled anywhere where you would realize that it would be of the Saturn or Capricorn mythology? Is there, are there places? 
Um, there must be places. Oh, I did see the Temple of Saturn in the Roman Forum in August. Um, oh, they had. Let me jump in here. Good, I'm thinking good. Saturnia. Yes. Because there's that was oh, a huge festival. Oh, Saturnia. Yeah, yes. Saturn, and how do you and say it just that? happened. Well, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I think it's Saturnalia. Yes. And this was a three day because at the solstice, which means soul, sun, stis, mm-hmm. which is part of a Latin word that means to pause or stand still. So the sun stops mm-hmm. because as in its as we orbit it 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 goes on its orbit, it pauses for three days and then it returns and, and has more light mm-hmm. as it goes up higher in the sky after its low horizon. And during that time in Rome, it was a festival where, again, Saturn was revered as the agriculture god. Mm-hmm. And the masters, pardon that word, but they did have masters and slaves or servants, would reverse roles. Right. For three days, the, the, the masters would wait on the servants, and there was lots of... Um, drinking, lots of partying, lots of levity and joy, welcoming back the light, beginning to come back. Yeah, like no rules. Right, no rules, like absolute chaos. And um, the fabulous author Christopher Moore said that um, the reflection of it in our modern Western day society would be the office Christmas party. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say Burning Man or something. Uh, Not that I've been to Burning Man, but there are many... Uh, yes, that would be the <laughs> festivals, I suppose. That's funny. Well, it it I know I've read more that it really is a, a it was an a extremely important. Saturn was extremely important to Rome, and I think because, and Rome, of course, is so important to the Western world. You know, it mm-hmm. absorbed the Greek, which absorbed the Sumerian, which was earlier in the Babylonian and the Egyptian, mm-hmm. but it all filtered into Rome, which has then been espoused through our Western civilization. So it must have been this, the beginning of civilizations, which civilization, as far as it has the five necessities, I know it needs writing, some written because there's many cultures, but needs writing, mm-hmm. needs exchange of money, needs government. That's three. There's five premises that, mm-hmm. that make it functionable as a, a civilization. And so the point being that in, in this, because civil, but 3000 B.C. is when really that whole process with writing began in Sumer, mm-hmm. which was Babylonia, and the Assyrians picked it up. Going back to the fact of this, festival, it's, it's an extraordinary uh, thought that, that they would abandon the rules and regulations. Isn't it ironic and funny because Saturn is about fulfilling your roles and your responsibility, and yet during the Saturnalia, as a way of honoring Saturn, everyone was doing the opposite. Yeah, Maybe they had to do it three days out of the year so that they could really be responsible the other 362 days. Kind of get it out of their system, yes. maybe. It might be. There is, as you were going to mention about this individual that was had an influence of Botticelli, and he translated the works of Plato and Aristotle, and 
his name um, his name is Marsilio Ficino, I think. Yes, Marsilio Ficino, a wonderful, wonderful person, absolute genius, and he at the he was a protege of the Medici's in during the Florentine Renaissance. And um, at the young age of seventeen, he was already so accomplished and so brilliant that Cosimo de Medici set him to translating the works of Plato. But then de Medici received the hermetic works, and so he stopped Ficino and had him translate all the hermetic works. Uh, Cosimo de' Medici was dying at that point, and he wanted to read the, the Hermetica before he died, so he prioritized it over Plato. How interesting. So he stopped Ficino from doing Plato and, and, he, and had Ficino translate all the Hermetica, then put Ficino back to doing Plato. Um, and then Leonardo was also a patron of Ficino, and, what um, years were, was this approximately? Gosh, I Somewhere mean, I would say ballpark, pro- ballpark 1492. I'm sorry, I can't no, be more specific. Fine. Renaissance, Around generally. that time. Yes, mm-hmm. okay, so we're talking more modern. And Marsilio Ficino had a tremendous influence on Renaissance art because he had the idea of beauty representing truth, which was a, an idea that he was um, br- bringing from Plato. Yeah, Venus, but in the higher sense of the... Um, the goodness being equated with beauty and truth, which was a belief of Plato. Um, and uh, then Ficino, after that, translated the works of Aristotle. So um, Ficino uh, established a Platonic Academy in in um, Florence um, as he was translating Plato, and many, many wise young, um, wise young nobles um, studied there. And Ficino wrote letters to all over Europe, he was friends with the Pope. He was friends with bishops. He was friends with many, many monarchs and nobility and influential merchants. And he always um, spread the idea of compassion, and kindness, and love, and being honorable. And Marsilio Ficino was a Saturnian person because he had Saturn in the first house. And he often wrote in his letters about how Saturn gave him a melancholy bit a little bit melancholy personality but it gave him the the strength to be the strength of will and the determination and the responsibility to do to spend long long hours as a scholar and translating those works yes because there is a practicality when we go into melancholy you know it really when you see the seriousness the practicality the the necessity of function Mm -hmm. it there can be. It's a serious side of life, so you can call it melancholy, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, not you, but it can be. And really, it because threading this into the Capricornian um, archetype, it, it is very valuable to consider how instrumental masters are that that hold together, really, the, the great gifts of humanity, of civilization, Mm-hmm. So here you had an individual that was really a scholar, mm-hmm. you know, that was a, a very wise master, like you say, of it's learned the traditions. Yes, and he was also a doctor, and he used astrology in his diagnosing and his treating. And he is the founder of the, uh, the psycholo- psychological form of astrology. He's the first one to, he did not use the word um psychology but he did speak of the psyche the soul 
and he inspired Jung and James Hillman and Thomas Moore. Well, I'll repeat his name again for those folk of you that are out listening to this, in case that was like, who was that man? Well, his name is Marsilio. I just love all those pronunciations. Mm-hmm. M-A-R-C-I-L-I-O. Oh, it might be a S. S-I. Oh, S. Sorry. Oh, aha. M-A-R-S-I-L-I-O. Ficino. F-I-C-I-N-O. Well, excellent. It's very important to realize how Saturn really can build in different parts of our psyche. Now, each of us is individual, so just because you have Saturn in the first house doesn't mean you're going to be a scholar of creating a Plato school, but yet you have a, a foundation of some structure that's very important. And, you know, Saturn does have its return. That's something we haven't brought up, but it has a cycle of about 28 to 30 years, and it's, again, going back to the mythology, why the ancients thought of it as father time or the time because it was the furthest the cycle that it could uh, reference. So everything was in, in connection to that. Yeah, it was the most distant visible planet, so it moved the most slowly and its, its color was the most dim, and that's why Saturn was attributed with the qualities of coldness and slowness and heaviness and also represented, like you said before, the limits of the known world. Yes. So if a person has their Saturn return, it's really a significant time that one re... Oh, it it changes because those limitations that old patterns of life that no longer are fitting... um, are put aside and rebuilt. And as we are now, Saturn is in its own sign of Capricorn. So that'll continue until December. Well, it, it leaves it a little bit, but essentially for another two years, so it'll be December of 20, let's see, 20. That's right, mm-hmm. December 2020. So Saturn is very strong for the next two years. And there's a way that we can cooperate with Saturn and work with Saturn to our own benefit. And um, I learned um, you can even just, you know, if there's a day where you have a lot of things you really need to get done, you can even invoke Saturn or invoke the Saturn within yourself by saying, Saturn, help me to keep on track today. Help me to stay on task and get these things accomplished. And it's just a simple way of working with Saturn. That is identifying and connecting, so important. Yes. Realizing it's not separate. However one wants to realize that energy, Mm -hmm. just focusing, because how we focus is what we bring Mm -hmm. forth. That's so true. And Mm -hmm. Saturn has been in every uh, uh, culture, like the Babylonians, um, you know, systematically observed it in Hindu astrology, the Chinese and Japanese, they saw it as an earth star that was uh, because of the five of the elements, I mm-hmm. believe. Oh, okay. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. And Hebrew and it, it, it's so um, fundamental. Mm-hmm. I, that's such a good word for Saturn, right? Foundational and fundamental. Saturn is structure. Saturn, Saturn is material reality. So... Um, 
dealing with Saturn means sometimes we deal with limitations because Saturn is about what it's like to be here in a physical body in a three-dimensional place on this planet with gravity holding us down, making us heavy. Yeah, physicality, physical limitations. That's right. In fact, I was just noting here that if Saturn was a titan, T-I-T-A-N, his children were the Olympians. Yeah, the Olympian goddess. Yes. Which, Mm -hmm. for those people that love astrology, I mean, mythology makes sense, but it's also just a new definition that if you're going to have a new world of beginnings or endings or structure that just like the feelings that you have or the the fears that we have, that we put mm-hmm. some identity to something so that we have something to work with absolutely. rather than just anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And when it, a lot of times when we're feeling anxious, it's because there's something that we're supposed to be doing or something we're responsible for that we're avoiding. So that's another uh-huh. way to alleviate anxiety is to just start doing something, even if it's just cleaning your stove or wiping down the counter. But um, Saturn is about decluttering, refining, perfecting. Um, I would even say cleaning because that sounds like refining to me related to it. Well, they're all earth signs, which brings up Virgo, Mm -hmm. but it's very true. It is a matter of what is our structure, and like anything, we can rebuild it. And conditioning is so important. That's another word that Mm -hmm. comes up. I think in this world that we're living in, because we know that as astrologers that we also have Pluto, the transformational regeneration planet in Capricorn. Oh, yeah. That, mm-hmm. And the nodes, which are lunar points in time. And there are many classes for those of you, or you can Google these points online for those of you mm-hmm. that are wondering and leaping as we go forward, um, connecting with this. But the fact is, is that we have a lot of conditioning that that is outdated, that, that mm-hmm. isn't necessary. Like I was reading an article by Elizabeth Wurzel, she just wrote it a couple of days ago, and I wasn't aware of her, but she was born in 1960, uh, around 67, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, at any rate, in her article, she was mentioning how an era that I grew through, but I didn't realize that in 1965, a wife, IBM, the company policy did not allow a wife to out, outrank her husband. And she wow. knew that because her husband, her Mother, it, it, it was relating to her mother. Uh-huh. Now I was thinking, my goodness, and that, and I don't know if this is true in all cities, but the job listings were categorized by sexuality. Ooh, isn't that fascinating? Oh my yeah. goodness! So We've many come things a long way, baby. It is, you know, one doesn't realize. So it's mm-hmm. conditioning. It's it's what's necessary at what time. What one's familiar with. In a way, that there's judgment's a huge part of Capricorn. It has mm-hmm. to make a judgment. Mm-hmm. But yet to really consider right and wrong with is also ethics. Mm-hmm. But it is a tricky uh, area there because one can get very judgmental. Mm-hmm. The point is, is that if it is no longer has a purpose, if it's outlived its use, right. then out it goes, you know, or... Mm-hmm. Find a new find a new way that's more yes. relevant to the to the times. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, we have a few minutes, and I will just briefly mention that next week on the ninth, Liz Mouchette will return. She's a well within this Seattle area astrologer. She spoke in the very first time on April seventh. Brought 
cosmos uh, into existence with me. And then in July, she spoke. And so she will be coming back. Um, she also has many realms that she discusses, numerology, tarot, and etc. So tonight, I am with Wendy Wyrott. And if you're interested in contacting Wendy, please go to Talk Cosmos online. I keep a list of all our guests, and she has a website, and in her many capacities, has great consultations that she would be able to give reference to with you. And for any of our archives, of course, go to 1150 KKNW, which is a radio station that we're talking. But tonight we are talking about Capricorn. We have a few minutes, so I just wanted to make sure that people we're aware of that, and we're so grateful for all of you. Mm-hmm. Yes, and thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah, and, and thanks I, for having yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> true. And I'm going to get a. Oh, I've I've had it on my work project, but I am going to get an email list going so that I can send out my announcements. And I'd love to get feedback from the guests and find out what they're interested in and and what they're thinking about. And if you do go online and listen. I have a response area that you can give some thought process about so that we can begin some communication because this is a give-and-take world. We need everybody, and everybody has a value. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to all your great studies, Wendy, I'm looking at, well, there's feng shui, and is there something in our home that is pretty basic with um, how we can restructure? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the center, if you can measure your home and find the exact center of your home, that's a earth element, and um, you can sit there and meditate and, and pray to heal your home. Well, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right. Well, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos. This show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. 
Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.